Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise Dice today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood 
keeper of the Chronicle and all around the spooky dude. While Iris's side quest continues, the rest of the coterie made their way to Billy Kincaid's hospital room. Greedley talks his way inside while impersonating a surgeon before assaulting a patient to give his companion computer access. Everett found Billy's room before disguising himself as a nurse to hide his face and forehead bullet hole wound. They're closing in on Billy's room, but what will happen now that a mysterious vampire has seen them? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Ridley and Everett, uh, you are striding purposefully uh, down uh, the hallway uh, towards uh, two cops who are guarding Billy Kincaid's room. Uh, Ridley, you are, of course, dressed as Dr. Beef, uh, famed litigious uh, trauma surgeon. Uh, Everett, you are dressed as unnamed nurse, possibly an extra in a medical drama. Um, and uh, as you approach the doors, um, you hear uh, a, a thin voice behind you just say, uh, gentlemen, he is with us. You may step aside, please. And uh, the two cops just kind of nod and uh, and make way. Um, turning, uh, there is a, uh, uh, think like a um, bit of a uh, Steve Buscemi and Boardwalk Empire type guy but like if he got real into steroids um kind of uh walking along behind you so like that that heightened frame but jacked um he's wearing uh an impeccable suit um that is very loud uh in the wrong ways like it's 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 not a loud color but just like everything about it just kind of grates slightly um the shoulder pads are a little too large he's clearly stuffed into it um, and uh, he is improbably wearing a coat slung over his shoulders. Um, and uh, he uh, he just sort of smiles thinly at you with his little John Waters uh, mustache um, and says, uh, Mr. Ridley Beef, I believe. Well, you believe correctly, because that seems pretty knowledgeable. Nice to meet you. Uh, and Ridley will just offer a hand. Um, he kind of looks down, um, and, uh, it's one of those things where you can tell that he, he doesn't, it, it's that sort of classic germaphobe thing where like he looks at your hand for just a hot second and then his eyes kind of dart up to you and, and almost imperceptive, but like you caught it. Uh, and then he kind of extends and, uh, gives you, um, an, a firm handshake in the way that only super jacked people can, where it's just kind of like, he is unaware that it's a vice grip. It also doesn't seem to be applying pressure. That said, you're also a hearty fellow. So to you, this is just kind of like the first proper handshake you've had since you got here. Um, and um, he uh, he just kind of uh, smiles and says, um, I believe your friend is a little bit concerned about the well-being of, uh, of Officer Kincaid. Uh, you may go in and, and speak to her. We have someone to help facilitate for you. If you don't mind, I would like to speak to, well, I suppose Mr. Ridley isn't exactly correct based on your, your current uh, guise. Would you prefer doctor or perhaps surgeon beef? Well, I mean, we're between friends here. I don't think we need to have fake titles between friends. We can, you can just call me Ridley. Uh, Very every, good. Every, you go on ahead. I'm going to make you a new friend. Here. So what's your name, friend? Uh, my name is Damien Black. I am here from uh, mutual friends of ours, uh, the Note Nostra. Uh, and uh, Ridley, 
uh, I come with some rather important updates about our clandestine organization and how you fit into it. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I've arranged for us to have some privacy in this room. Um, and sure enough, uh, there is a room, uh, there's a blood splatter against one wall um, and a, uh, a crumpled body in a nightgown, um, along with a bed that has been meticulously remade. All right. So I think Ridley will just go in to have this chat. He's not going to worry about the mess. That's somebody else's fucking problem. He oh, absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, um, Everett, um, you sort of see Ridley go to deal with this fucking steroided out weirdo um and sure enough uh the uh the two cops uh kind of nod to you um you notice a few details on these guys immediately um they uh one of them has his badge uh kind of improperly stuck on um one of them is is adjusting his belt a lot uh you can tell that these guys are, are wearing borrowed clothes um you can see little, like, perhaps with a sort of fast glance, uh, some flecks of blood on one collar. Um, but uh, they both uh, nod to you and, and grin, uh, and you see fanged mouths uh, before they uh, they let you in. Um, sure enough, uh, inside um, the room, uh, it's a solo room. Um, there, It does seem to be uh, a bed that's been pushed into a corner uh, with an unmoving figure on it. Um, but... Uh, the figure seems to be unmoving. There's no medical equipment around them. It looks like it was a two-person room, but it's been cleared for your convenience. Um, the uh, Billy herself is in pretty rough shape. Uh, she's got kind of her arms and legs up in those uh, sort of suspension pieces. Um, uh, you know, in ca- almost a full body cast. Um, her her face is is certainly uh, wrapped. Um, but next to her is a uh, a very thin bald woman. Um, who is uh, seems to just be um, arranging uh, a line of tarot cards along the side of uh, Billy's bed. Um, she is wearing a um, just kind of a a, a winter uh, parka, um, which seems a little bit strange at uh, this time of year. Um, but you can tell from kind of how thin and, and spindly she is that uh, perhaps it's uh, the only thing between her and the elements. Um, as you enter, uh, she smiles, and as your eyes meet, uh, you almost uh, you almost lose your sense of balance. Um, the world just seems to blur almost for a moment, and uh, then come back into focus. Um, and uh, she she smiles kind of uh, warmly and empathetically, and uh, just says, uh, "I I must apologize. I'm afraid uh, my <laughs> particular brand of." Of well, this and she kind of gestures to her fangs, almost in like a vaguely embarrassed way. Um, it says, uh, it leads to some disorientation. I, I do apologize, it's not an intended effect. Uh, you're here to see her, and she kind of gestures to Billy. I am, yes. Ah, uh, excellent. Uh, she has not woken up in many days, and if the cards and she kind of gestures to the tarot. Just lined out. Um, if the the cards are correct, it will be uh, a few more before she awakes, even with uh, the small micro doses of of the blood that we've managed to give her. It should accelerate her healing somewhat, but we certainly don't want her to blood bond. That would defeat the purpose, I, I fear. And 
how often are the cards correct? Um, and uh, she just sort of smiles, uh, and um, it almost the way you would you would talk to a child. Like she's not trying to be condescending, but it just in kind of one of those you know people who are so certain of something. She just says, uh, "Always depending on your point of view." Hmm. Do uh, do I need to introduce myself, or do you already know that as well? Uh, she uh, raises a hand and says. Um, my employers were, were very clear about keeping a degree of anonymity. Uh, they are only interested in your friend, your acquaintance, perhaps, uh, Mr. Beef. Uh, you and the rest of his associates, we were told not to, to pry too deeply into. So I will do my best to remain outside of your understanding. Uh, my name is Leela, but um, perhaps I will just call you... Uh, the nurse, if that suits you. Well, since Mr. Beef used my name out in the hallway, I might as well say uh, the name's Everett. Everett Fry, yes, I was being polite. Please, yeah. Mr. Fry, um, from what we understand, you you have a rather tenuous relationship with Mr. Beef. I'm sorry that he shared his secrets uh, out of school, as it were. But uh, rest assured that um, we will do our best to keep you out of the affairs of uh, our particular organization. Those not in the game need not concern themselves with the game, as I believe Mr. Beef would tell you. Now, you've come to check on the status of your friend, I believe. She is, if I'm not mistaken, a touchstone of a sort, something that keeps you with a somewhat tenuous grasp on your humanity. Is that fair to say? Well, gosh, I've never really thought of it that way, but I, I suppose you could, you could say that. Sure. Mm. That is sweet. We all have those. Although as time goes on, they slowly, slowly slip away. And she kind of like loses herself for a moment and then uh, shakes her head and she says, uh, I'm sorry. I was just, uh, <laughs> uh, Thinking of of those I lost, um, you mostly know it as a film now, but uh, certain sinking boats stand rather large in my uh, my estimation. Regardless, um, Mr. Fry, uh, Officer Kincaid here will not wake up for a few days, but uh, due to my gifts, I can allow you to speak to her, uh, but uh, we would ask that you do keep it relatively brief. Now, I have been instructed to uh, remain out of this, so I will not be present. Uh, you may speak freely with her as, as you would in a private room. Um, I will merely be the conduit with which you may speak directly to her mind. Is that agreeable to you? It is certainly not how I expected this to go, but I suppose I appreciate your assistance given Officer Kincaid's condition. Pray tell, Detective Fry, did you intend to whisper sweet nothings in her unconscious ear? I came to see if she had come around. I had only heard she was in a coma a while ago. I didn't know if she still was. Mm. Fair enough. Yes, uh, the damage she sustained was rather severe. Um, we are very curious about the creature that did this uh, to her. There have been several of its victims uh, here on this floor. We've ascertained what we can. Um but if we find out anything more, we'll be sure to let Mr. Beef know. And if it is in his best interest, he will let you know. In the meantime, please, and she kind of extends a hand 
and Everett, you're alarmed uh, to see as she does so that um, her uh, her hand seems to lack skin. It it seems to just be purely uh, veins and muscle. Um, and uh, she says, "I do apologize about uh, the surprise, um, but uh, it is part of my gift." as are the cards, as is this ability. Uh, bef- before I take her mm-hmm. hand, Ever just has one kind of final question. Uh, he gestures out the door to the two guards um, and back to the cards, and he says, all this, this is... This is because of that beast? Or what? what, what is your interest in Officer Kincaid? Um, she, uh, smiles and says, uh, we're actually here for a beast of a different sort. Um, we are curious about the monster that managed to dispatch so many, uh, outside of, um, Mr. Malone's bar. But, uh, the beast we are here for is Mr. Ridley Beef. Uh, my employer, Mr. Black, uh, had, uh, some words he'd hoped to speak and we, had crossed our fingers that perhaps if we staked our claim here that uh, you would eventually come along and lo and behold, you have. And uh, she just taps her deck and says, perhaps I had a hint or two. But if you had not, we merely would have kept uh, Officer Kincaid slowly healing until such time as you did come to visit. Mr. Beef is rather hard to find for a rather unsubtle man. Right. Well... Uh, I guess I'll give this a shot if if you're ready. Yes, and she she just um says, uh, "Pardon me, gentlemen, the door, if you don't mind." And there's kind of a slam um as the uh, the vampires close the door. She says, "There now, it's just you and Officer Kincaid." And she reaches out one hand and kind of um grasps uh Kincaid's hand, and you can see um the the sort of uh, web of veins don't, don't spread out it. across no. her hand uh, and start to uh, pierce the skin. That's gross, man. <laughs> it's a world of darkness, baby. And she extends her hand to you. Uh, uh, all right. And <laughs> Edward will extend his hand. Excellent. Join us in the blood. Uh, and with that, the web of veins stretches across your hand and uh, you black out when you awake um, you're kind of lacking a physical body of any sort Um, it's not uh, our Dungeons and Dragons show Dum Dums and Dice or Dum Dums and Dragons rather we often talk about mind palaces that's not the situation here Uh, it's instead like being lost in in a fog or a mist Um, so you can kind of get a vague sense of a Billy Kincaid-esque presence um but it's like looking through smoke it, it's very very difficult uh to see um but uh her her voice just kind of groans and she's like fuck uh B- billy billy um can you hear me you hear kind of a, a gentle commotion and then a quieter like Ah, fuck. She says, uh, so it's true then you're, you're one of them, huh? Uh, I, 
I don't know what you're talking about. I shot Billy. you in the head, Everett. And I fell down dead, you know. Who knows how we're talking. Okay. So you're not a kindred, you're a ghost. You're some All kind right. of wraith, the oblivion. And you're using words like kindred. I guess you know an awful lot that I gave you credit for. Sure, yeah, I'm one of them. Um, and she just swears under her breath again. She's like, I mean, I didn't necessarily believe it. Um, my, uh, my partner, uh, McGregor, he kept, uh, kept telling me I was crazy. Kept telling me that, you know, vampires weren't real, but you know, when faced with that much evidence, it's really hard to look the other way. I just, I'd hoped I was wrong. Uh, and it's weird. Uh, to shoot your friend in the head and hope that you killed them. but That's a hell of a test to administer, Billy, let me tell you. Uh, I mean, the city was on fire there, Everett. I wasn't exactly picking my moments. And uh, clearly you're fine. So fuck me, I guess. Well, uh, you do look from where I'm standing right and proper fucked, by the way. Yeah. What happened to me? You're in a hospital bed. You're in a coma. Okay. And there are kindred very interested in making sure that you wake up soon. In fact, they're taking some pretty fantastic measures to wake you up. They're going to ask you about that tussle you had outside of Maydays. Uh, Honestly, Everett, I'm going to level with you. Uh, I don't feel great about that uh, or this. Um, I didn't see anything. I shot you and then... I got hit by a car. Well, then tell them that, I guess. You really think that a bunch of vampires who've been watching me trying to bring me back to life or whatever the fuck they're trying to do are really going to be satisfied with, I didn't see nothing. I got hit by a car and died. I mean, they say they've questioned other people. I could look into how they turned out. Everett. You're a fucking cop. You've seen how this goes. I'm not walking away from this. I can tell you quite truthfully, I have not seen how this goes. Okay, so Uh, a woman with no skin on her hands is linked us psychically, I guess. What? She was reading tarot cards. Where's her fucking skin? I don't know, Billy. Why didn't you ask her where her fucking skin is? What's she doing to my hand? Impolite at the time. She was impolite. Where's her fucking skin, man? Look. I feel like I took certain steps to distance us from your world. You know, I came to you with cases. I came to you with intel on real tangible crimes that were taking place. I don't know what you did talking to McGregor or who else you were talking to that got it into your head that it was okay to shoot me in the face to prove that I was or was not a vampire. But you got yourself into some pretty deep shit, too. It wasn't just me. Tom, the storyteller, is convinced, but Tom, the storyteller, runs the rules of the system, realizes this might be time for a dice roll. So uh, give me a persuasion and I think probably composure. I think okay. you're you're just laying down the law. You're kind of telling it like it is. You're not wrong. <laughs> she did shoot you in the head and be like, are you a vampire? Yes, no. 
but you are mind trapped within some witch's blood hands. So, you yeah. know, there's a success fail threshold here. Yeah. You're kind of doing a prom thing, you know, like <laughs> composure and sorry, what was the other piece? Uh, persuasion. Persuasion. Well, okay. So nothing, not a persuasive guy. Well, let's find out. You, you very well may be Everett. You can't uh, roll investigation. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> three successes. Look, three dice. Persuasive. Um, so yeah, she uh, she kind of uh, like lets out a, a long breath, um, and you see kind of the the smoky air around you kind of uh, sway with it, and she says, uh, "Yeah, you're right. You're right." Um, McGregor told me to stop and I didn't, I kept looking and, uh, guess, uh, that old Pandora myth or curiosity killed the cat or whatever other fucking metaphor you want, uh, proved true. So you're right. This is on me. Um, look, uh, why did you come here? You're right. You threw me some cases and I think we did some good, but why are you here with fucking skinless vein hand lady we didn't come together billy she was here when i found you. no i get that but like still so that's a lot i understand it's uh first i've seen of it too okay came here to check on you when i heard that you were in a coma but i'd be lying if i said i didn't have a favor to ask as well obviously you're not in the favor granting position currently and oh, I don't know. You want some fucking weird mind smoke? I seem to have lots of that to go around. You can take a to-go bag if you want. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. Uh, and as you were saying, you don't believe you're long for this world after you wake up. You think they're going to, what, kill you once they get the information they want from you? Everett, have you seen a vampire movie? They're going to drink me or fucking turn me into one of them or do some Billy, weird shit. I'm living the damn vampire movie. Okay, great. And so in your experience, you, what are they going to do? Probably ask you questions and wipe your mind. You're well, going to forget right. this conversation even happened. I may have to come back again and ask, ask the favor again. All right. Okay. Well, listen, there's a just- whole thing going on where a mysterious death of a prominent police sergeant is not what these kinds of people are looking for. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you take a, a doggy bag of weird brain smoke and you show that to me when you come back and I'll, I'll remember it. Okay. But look, uh, you're making some sense. All right. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I was going to ask you to do me a favor. What's that? that? Well, what does your favor require me like waking up and doing stuff or is it just like a yeah no it's not a please continue to be in a coma kind of favor yeah no i figured i thought it might be like tell me you know who my real dad is or some bullshit i don't know i don't know what i could give you but yeah all right look i was gonna ask you to unplug me um because i don't want anything to do with these kindred fucks and i sure as hell don't want to end up as uh i mean no offense but you um so looks like that's off the table. Uh, and honestly, you're, you're speaking some sense. If their deal is brain wipes, send you on your way. I can live with that. Um, I just want us to be doing good for the city again. Yeah. I got, I got, I got something to kind of help you out with your orphan problem. 
Ah, oh, fuck those guys. Okay, yeah, look, here's tough the deal. Enough to crack, and I, I think I got something that'll help you. All right. Um, a very motivated third party who, you know, if they knew that the orphans were responsible for the death of a certain someone, boy, they'd be they'd be real helpful in uh, weeding them out. Um. Everett, I know we don't really know each other that well, but given that uh, you may well be the last person I ever talked person, uh, last thing I ever talked to, unless Vane Lady gets chatty, hurtful but fair. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, listen, you, uh, it's kind of a personal question. Do you believe in heaven? Do you, do you vampires have that? Is that a is that a thing? I don't know. I know I don't believe in it now. All right. Well, that's bleak but fair. Uh, look. Um, I do. I was raised that way. Uh, I know it's it's a hard thing to to tell people about these days, and it's a hard thing to get behind. But uh, I uh, I don't think I could whatever the afterlife is, if there is one. I don't think I could be happy there. Or if I was in hell, uh, if there is a hell that isn't this, uh, content there either. If I knew I had a chance to stop the orphans and I didn't take it been a plague on the city for as long as i can remember and they're going to continue to do so so in the interest of that uh i'll do what i can if you can give me that info um but i need you to promise me that if they turn me or whatever the fuck that you come find me and you kill me i don't want that i don't want to live like that. that i don't want to be one of those things but i do want those fucking orphans to pay and honestly, it'd be pretty fucking great to go out on a high note, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know that. All right. I can I can do that for you. Is there, you know, assuming things don't take a turn for the worse, is there anything I can do for you outside of that as well? I mean, it sounds like your weird, gross vampire friends are working on waking me up. So that's really my number one right now. Uh, you could drop my wife a line, uh, let her know that, A, I'm... Like, not good, but not brain dead. Uh, that's a concern. Um, she's, a, she's a pretty scary lady and probably won't uh, be processing this particularly well. So uh, there's, a, there's a, a boxing gym near our house. Uh, uh, it's called uh, uh, the uh, Silver Glove. You could uh, swing by there sometime let her know and you know just tell her all the the fucking war movie stuff you know i love her i wish she'd come home blah 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 just i don't know make some shit up she's not really that sentimental neither am i so i don't know tell her uh keep her gloves up i guess would be great if you could tell her that um beyond that yeah just i don't know fucking kill me if vampires come after me uh that's a pretty big one i know that probably doesn't seem like much in your world uh also you let mcgregor know uh, I don't know what happened to him, but uh, he seems like a... Wait, wait a minute. Oh, fuck. Is he a vampire, too? Howdy. I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell. For just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. 
Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, we'll just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast, Dum Dums and Dragons. It's a show where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It features Laura Elizabeth as the wizard Alan, Tyler Hewitt as the thief Quinny, and Ryan LaPlante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season, these heroes experience the minds of Fandelva, but starting in season two, they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through five Five more seasons and beyond. Check it out now. Dom Doms and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. He always took the night shift. I just thought he was being dramatic. God okay. All right. Well, in that case, uh, if you see him, uh tell him I miss him and he can go fuck himself. Uh but yeah, uh here's the deal. Um I want you to repeat your information. I don't know. Give it to me. Seven times. I remember fucking reading somewhere. It takes seven times to remember something. Give me that information yeah. seven times, and I'll do everything in my power to clutch onto that and that alone until I wake up. And then even if they wipe my brain, I'll be able to carry that through. Or right. not. And I just won't know, and you'll have to come back and tell me all this again. But um, well, no, I I mean, I don't have anything to base it on, but maybe the kinds of things we talk about down here in the mist, maybe they don't go away so easy. Sure. Well, hey, look, worst case scenario, you just mentioned that gloves thing. Uh, it's not uh, something I tell many folks about, so that, that'll show sure. it all back. But um, I guess uh, pull up some weird brain mist, uh, you know, <coughs> ignore the weird skinless chick, and uh, you tell me what you got on the orphans. Uh, and with that, Everett, you begin to fill Billy in on <laughs> the admittedly false information. I need from you. Uh, well, I guess here's my question. You're feeding her a lie, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're setting up um, the death of Doctor Skull as the orphans. Yeah. But she also doesn't have any context for any of that. So I'm. I think I'm going to make you roll a check for this, but I'm going to give you advantage because she kind of has to buy whatever you're giving. But I do want to account for the fact that uh, Everett's moral compass might fuck this lie up a little bit. Well, the way I'm approaching it is that it's not a lie that I'm telling her. Mm -hmm. It's a lie that I'm sharing with her so that she knows it's a lie, too. Oh, 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 okay, never mind then. Yeah, the, the, the lie is that the orphans killed Dr. Skull. Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is, we hate the orphans. We want to get rid of the orphans. This and, is a very oh, helpful okay. way to Never do mind it. then. Great. You've just, congratulations. You pass with flying colors. <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Awesome. So Best uh, role ever. <laughs> really. Uh, so you begin to uh, unfold that uh, for her. Um, meanwhile, uh, in the room down the hall, uh, Damien Black um, uh, like kind of perches on the, the dead man's bed Um and uh just kind of like pats the side of the bed for you uh i personally i've never uh had an issue because i don't 
drive myself. Uh, other people do because uh, I'm a child. Uh, so I sit in the passenger seat all the time and it means that I've gotten very good at like not trying to make eye contact with drivers. Cause generally speaking, because I can't drive, I'm like, I'm a burden. So let me at least keep you entertained. Like I'm not going to read or play a video game or whatever the fuck I'm going to like talk to you and do whatever you need. Cause you're doing the hard work. And the least I can do is be there it means I've gotten very accustomed to like the side by side, look ahead and talk. How do you think Ridley feels about the sit shoulder to shoulder and talk thing? I think Ridley would sit and he's got the same level of personal space as like a child. Like he'll look right <laughs> at him. He's not off put. I think Ridley gets in a lot of people's personal space to throw like them that. off, but it's not even conscious. He's just so socially clueless that he's right there the whole time. So yeah, he, he was already sitting down when the pad happened. Great. Um, so uh, he... Um, says, uh, it is, I must say, a, a pleasure to finally meet you, uh, Ridley. Uh, your, your friend, uh, Mr. Stone, speaks very highly of your time together on the streets. Uh, he says you got up to all sorts of gang shenanigans. He does send his regards. I'm sorry, what? This is uh, your best friend from the gang from your flashback episode. But I thought he was dead, right? You did, yes. You thought everyone died. I forgot that. But uh-huh. Damien also doesn't know. So there we go. <laughs> what? I thought uh, that. I thought he, he was dead. What the fuck? He's not fucking dead. No, he is. He is alive and well and recruiting other people like yourself for the Note Nostra. He is oh, very wait, he good fucking, at it. So he's the reason I'm fucking like this? Well, he is not a, a kindred himself. Ridley, so he was not able to turn you, but he does help identify talent and helps keep our ranks bolstered somewhat. Oh, I don't fucking like that at all, but okay. I okay. do apologize. I merely meant to remind you of a long lost friend, not add additional stress to you, as I feel this conversation will be rather stressful enough without that. You see, Mr. Ridley, we have changed things somewhat back across the pond. Uh, there has been a slight change in management in the Note Nostra. Your old handlers, I'm afraid, have met rather bleak ends. Some of them at, at these hands, but some of them at other people's. You understand the survival of the fittest, I suspect, Mr. Beef. Do you well, not? I mean, yeah, I fucking get that. Obviously, this is a room where we don't have to dick around because there's a fucking dead person over there. So, like, why the fuck did they all, did you take him out? Were they stupid? Were they turning into cops? I don't know what the fuck vampire cops are, but I assume they're a thing. Why, why, why the fuck? Why do we go to war? Uh, it, it is, uh, I'm glad to use the term we, Ridley, because we do hope that you will be amenable to our new change in management. Uh, some of us just saw more opportunity for ourselves to rise through the ranks. You yourself, I believe, were hoping to become the Prince of Montreal, this fair city of dark miracles. Is that correct? I, I mean, I'd never say something so gauche. You know, you've got to have reasonable ambitions. All I'm saying is I like to aim high, and if I miss, I still land high. That is a very nice way of putting it. I couldn't agree more. That is, in fact, why I am here. I came as a uh, an official delegation from the Note Nostra. We had actually lost track of you, I'm afraid, and thought you were dead. Uh, we were quite pleasantly surprised at Elysium to learn that you were not. Good job. That was very remarkable. Um, however, it was also to test the grounds. You see, we are not particularly pleased with the return of the prince 
of Montreal, nor are we particularly pleased with the newly installed uh, King of Toronto, young Mr. Grayson. As a result, we are uh, here to make some rather large moves. And happily, you are a man who is known for making large moves. I don't sit on my hands much, I'll tell you that. With hands as deadly as yours, that would be a tremendous waste of potential. Uh, Ridley, I should tell you, before we go much further, that you will not be the Prince of Montreal, uh, nor will uh, the uh, esteemed uh, Montcalm. It is in the best interests of the Note Nostra that I am installed as the Prince of Montreal, and to that effect, we are here to help secure that goal. Now, it is necessary for us to work with Mr. Montcalm for some time. The Marquis does indeed require certain uh, jobs to be done. However, ultimately, it is in our interest to control this mob city once and for all. The kind mob has had their hand here too long, and it is our time now. So you will be working for us, specifically me, and rather than advancing your own goals, you will be working in service of mine. Is that right. agreeable to you? Well, what, what's in it for me, and what the fuck are the goals? Obviously, you want to be prince, but like, what's yes, the, what's the structure underneath that? Uh, I, I believe uh, the structure is that uh, you are, and you, you must forgive me. I am not great at the the, the tons of phrase of, of your particular language. Uh, I believe the word is my bitch. Uh, I will point at things I want destroyed, and you will destroy them for me. I will tell you things I want killed. You will kill them for me. I will tell you that I want particular things obtained, and you will obtain them for me. And you will do all of this with a wink and a smile because I am your future now, Mr. Beef. And whatever freedom you've enjoyed here is quite done, I'm afraid. Well, I appreciate the clarity. I think this is going to be a fruitful relationship. I've always been a fan of strong leadership and it seems like you've got fucking brass balls, Gav. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to hear you are so agreeable. Your mother is such a nice woman. I would truly hate for my men to have to destroy her. Uh, But I do want you to know that is very much on the table. In fact, it is the centerpiece of the table. And if in any way you cross me, she will pay for it limb by limb. Oh, yeah. And I mean... I'd hate to imagine, because, you know, she's getting, she's getting on in the years, that if something just happened to her, then I'd have to blame you. And that would make such a mess, because I think I would make an excellent worker, you know? I fucking deliver. I fucking earn. But if things are going to get fucking messy, then it's going to be like, nah, you know, you don't want to bring family into it. Of so you look after not. her, I look of after course. you. And uh, we will indeed. Uh, uh, the old Notte Nostra had a rule about families, and it was a little quaint, and that is part of the reason they had to go, as you can understand. But yes, she will be safe and well taken care of as long as you continue to uh, advance our goals uh, here in this country. Uh, eventually, we will need to return to the motherland and deal with certain elements of the organization that are still hanging on rather tenaciously. I have my own masters, as you now have yours. But in the meantime, uh, as long as you are a good dog, no harm shall befall your mother. And we don't particularly care about the company you keep. You may keep this coterie or find a new one. It is really of little interest. You seem to be the most capable. Of course, Miss Dunn seems to be rather useful in her own right. Uh, 
I believe uh, it would be in your best interest to keep her on side, as it were. She can open some doors. Also, it is truly sad, as you know, Ridley, to watch an immortal be ripped apart. Uh, and we would hate to see anything happen to her because a lot could happen over a very long time. So all that to say, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Now clean up this room if you would be so kind as your friend continues to talk to his, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, pet. And um, we will have orders for you soon. I understand you are on a mission for the prince and it would not do to interrupt his his duties. But uh, once you have accomplished that, we will be in touch. We have much for you to do. And then he pats you on the head. Right. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think I'm going to like working for you. And Ridley just reaches up and pats him on the face twice. He's like, you got a way about you. It's just fucking entrancing. You just have to promise not to fall in love with me. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is a joke I saw in a movie once. It is I find Mr. Tom Hanks very charming. In any case, uh, thank you, Ridley, for being so uh, receptive to the new way of things. The Note Nostra thanks you for your service. And, uh, well, given that we now know how you feel about Mr. Stone, perhaps you will find a gift delivered to you upon the successful completion of your mission for the Prince. I'll just have to make a couple of calls. Oh, that would be greatly appreciated, you know? Thank you. Thank you. What a lovely start to a bright future that will last for eternity. Going to need a fucking hard deception check there, pal. Uh, So this is subterfuge. uh, And I'd give you manipulation or resolve. Because the thing is, based on the way Ridley goes about these sorts of things, I feel like... It's one of those, like, it's not a threat, it's a promise situations where it's like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not bullshitting you, man. This is going to be great. Until I yeah. use you like a puppet. The only other way I would pitch it is, would you consider a streetwise if Ridley knows that he can't fuck around until oh, he's actually, got yes, some I leverage? Oh, actually, yes, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I was like, that, I think that actually makes more sense than subterfuge, 100%. Yeah, this, is, guy, this is your, like, yeah. Yeah, he'll tell the line right up until he can figure out where he could break it. Yeah. Also, like, there's also something I think kind of fun in the idea that obviously if they're, like, pulling this on you, they're also aware that you're not yeah, malleable. So it really is, like, the streetwise check is, like, with the two people smiling, like, spy versus spy, like, shaking hands with a blade behind their backs. It's very much like a, is this agreeable enough <laughs> that we can yeah. both walk away being like, cool. Uh, three successes. One of them is a 10. Okay. Um, the 10 will put you up and over because that counts as two. So good work. Um, oh, wait, no, sorry. You need two tens to count as two. So you have three. Um, Ryan, I'm going to get you to push this. Um, what is, what would Ridley say? You can tell that he isn't fully convinced you're being a little too malleable. What is the... What would really do to try and seal the deal on this? Before we go any further, though, I'm going to need proof of life on my mum. And uh, he kind of like looks at you uh, and goes, oh, yes, of course. It is natural to miss one's mother. I, I, I think I remember. Um, well, one one moment. Uh, 
well, perhaps would, would you like to dial the number? And he, he uh, hands you a burner phone. Sure, say, say it out loud and I'll fucking punch it in. Oh, you do not have her number. That's fine. We'll use mine then. Um, so he puts his, he puts that phone away, pulls out an iPhone and just like very quickly, like thumbs a thing in. Uh, and um, we see a, um, uh, like a, there's a brief exchange where he just says, uh, yes, uh, Ridley would like to see his mother. If you wouldn't mind just pointing your cam. No, you have to, no, you have to hit, hit the little arrows that point in a little circle to flip, flip the camera. Oh no, you, we are still seeing your face, Brendan. Brendan, I'm still seeing you. There you go. Okay, now point it at, thank you. There you go. Um, and he turns the camera around and uh, you can see a um, sort of like a, a bungalow, um, just kind of in what looks like a suburban neighborhood. Um, and uh, your mom is just like, um, it's uh, the sun's just starting to go down. Um, she's uh, out on the front lawn just fucking giving it to someone who has slightly blocked her, uh, her driveway. Like even at this distance through the window of a car, you can just hear like, I don't care if you're delivering for fucking Amazon. Like it's just this whole like tirade. Um, and she's just in like uh, an incredibly like plush, um, like bathrobe over just like fucking ratty, ratty, ratty negligee. Mm. It's just like very much your mom where it's like the, but like the cozy piece is very fancy and then everything else is just kind of whatever she's got. Um, she doesn't look harmed in any way, but there is very clearly a car kind of um, on call. Uh, can you roll me an awareness and wits, please? Two successes. Um, just beyond her, um, you can see kind of a, a large gray shape. Um, and I think, cause obviously you're playing the angles. Um, as soon as you identify that this is now that your, your mom is clearly alive. I think you do that thing that like Liam Neeson does when he gets taken and, or when he's talking to his daughter about being taken. And I believe taken one where it's just like, like start counting your breaths. Like I need all the things, you know, before he's like, throw a grenade on this parking garage and I'll know how close yeah. you are. M- movie one where he tells her all the things she needs to scream while she gets kidnapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As opposed to movie two where, you know, grenades, grenades, come get me and Zenya on a top out of here. Yeah, um, 15 cuts to climb a fence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a lot of step stools involved. Um, so you start trying to take in as many details as you can. And unfortunately the car is just like a standard fucking shitty rental car. Um, could be anywhere. Uh, last time you talked to her, you told her to kind of get the fuck out of Dodge. So she could potentially be anywhere. Um, but uh, you clock that the sun is going down. And as you, you focus on the grayish shape beyond the house, um, you could swear it's a mountain in the far distance. Okay. Uh, and then he says, thank you, Brendan. That will be more than enough. Uh, also, uh, Brendan, in future, when I call you, uh, please f- read the user manual on your phone. This is very embarrassing for me. I'm doing a, you know, we'll talk about this later. And he just hangs up and he says, you know, again, the adages are true. Good help, terrible to find in most places. I believe that is how it is said. In any case, as you can see, your mother is doing quite well. Um, although she does seem to be rather angry with the delivery person, which does not seem to be their fault. Are you contented with this? 
Well, I mean, as contented as one can be, you know, you like to be sure of the situation you're in before you commit in any real direction. You ah. see, that little hint of rage is what I was missing before. I was worried you were going to just play that this was all fine. I understand it is stressful, and I do apologize, Mr. Beef. This is not at all what we wanted. I just understand your loyalty to the previous ways. So thank you. You have proven to me that you do, in fact, understand, but also that you will help because you understand what is going on. So uh, when your friend is done talking to his human pet, uh, you can leave uh, uh, unharassed. Un uh, I will give you one of my burner phones. It is like exchanging business cards for our kind. Yes, uh, here you are. And uh, I will reach you when I need to. Uh, in the meantime, good luck with your mission. Uh, I hope whatever the prince has asked you to do is not too taxing. I myself must go and see if I can... <sighs> secure a corporate sponsorship for him. It is not fun, but it is what has been asked of me. So it was a pleasure to meet you, and I am going to go attempt to get us a deal on rental vehicles. Goodbye, Mr. Beef. We will talk soon. Bye. Um, and uh, with that, he leaves, and as he goes, he kind of like um, looks to the cops to make sure everything's fine. And when they nod, he just kind of nods at them and, and goes to make his way out. Um, Everett, um, you finish telling uh, Billy what you need to. And um, uh, Leela uh, uh, distends the veins, uh, just kind of sucks them back into her hands. Um, and she says, uh, were you able to uh, communicate properly with your friend, Mr. Fry? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Good. Um, by our uh, accounting, it should take another few days, uh, but uh, then she will awake. Uh, we can certainly let you know if you would like, or you can just track her down at your convenience. Say, uh, this is a, you know, this is an important person to me. Uh, I'm just worried about, you know, when you're done with her, what what happens. Um, and uh, she smiles sadly and says, um, Mr. Fry, you are perhaps too newly turned to fully understand the role of kind in our uh, ecosystem. But the reason they are called that is because they are as cattle to our kind, ultimately. Um, this one, and she kind of like strokes the side of Billy's face through the cast, um, revealing a quick glimpse of like the, the veins. Um, and uh, she says, uh, this one matters to you now, but... When you've lived long enough, they'll all just be faded memories. As far as I know, there's no in ill intent toward her, but I also am not exactly high up the chain here. Uh, it is the vampire mafia, sir. And what they choose to do is rather beyond my ability to intercede. That said, from everything I have seen so far, they seem committed to bringing her back. They are very curious about this creature that attacked her. And well, the others all went stark raving mad before they could respond. Come Our, on, why would you wait till now to tell me that? Uh, from what we understand, she is perhaps the most aware of our society. It seemed the Anarchs and their like have ruined the masquerade enough that she might be somewhat aware. I think it might mean that she can actually understand what she saw. Am I incorrect? Should I tell them? No, she, she's got a firmer grasp on things than 
the average person. Then she should be fine. Depending on the card, of course. And she taps the deck. I don't suppose cards could shed some light on that right now. Um, she smiles and says, uh, of course, I uh, would be a tremendously bad uh, medium, I suppose, if I uh, <laughs> didn't draw a card for you. She begins to shuffle the deck and she pulls a card, which I'm going to grab from a randomizer. Let's determine the fate of Billy Kincaid, shall we? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh, she flips the card to reveal the Seven of Wands, a card of uh, rather uh, large import um, to which she responds um, with kind of a, a sucking of air through her teeth. Um, and uh, she just says, uh, I'm glad you had a chance to speak to her. Wow, what is that? I I thought it would be like hearts or spades or something. What is that? Goodbye, Mr. Fry. Uh, And she picks up her deck and leaves. Did I see what it was? It was the Seven of Wands. Yeah, I saw that as well. Okay, I'm just going to commit that to memory and (laughs) try and figure out what what to do with that. Uh, so with that, you, uh, and also I'll say like Everett, uh, based on the people, you know, I mean, obviously you could Google it, but, uh, you really feel like Dederick is probably someone who like knows tarot pretty well. Same um, asking Sorka and Fiona as well, maybe also a good bet. Uh, okay. and Mr. Ken might have like the weird Reddit version of it. So you have a few different angles on it. Dederick okay. can probably give you the pop culture one. Um, Sorka and Fiona can give you the, the, uh, probably the more spiritual side of it. And um, Mr. Ken can give you like the like R slash tarot uh, <laughs> version of it. Okay. Um, so uh, having um, heard this ominous card read aloud, uh, you, you step out into the hallway uh, to join Ridley and uh, in silence, the two of you make your way to the elevator uh, where you finally have privacy. Uh, as the doors close, you have your first moment alone together. Everything all right with you and, uh, what was it, Mr. Black back there? Oh, no, it's pretty fucking bad. Uh, so he took over the Vampire Mafia. He claims I'm going to be his servant now, and he's got my mum. So a bit of a fucking disaster there. On the bright side, he's fucking stupid. Like, he's very dangerous, very dangerous, stupid. Because uh, in a business, what we call men like him is he's an ammo, you know? Comes in, fucking crushes things. However, when you're an ammo, everything looks like a fucking nail. If he'd come in and said, I killed your old boss, you work for me now, build a little kingdom, I'd have fucking done it. I told you the lady for fucking 10 minutes and I was on a plane and I'm here. Basically, just running out of fear. If he promised me anything, I'd be fucking loyal. However, he kidnapped my fucking mum and said he'd kill her if I wasn't his fucking bitch. I'm going to rip his fucking balls off and shove him so far up his ass, he'll taste his own fucking balls before I stake him. But short term, I'm going to have to fucking play the the game. Now, I'm going to test. Oh, I tested him. I'll test him. He told me I had to clean up a fucking dead guy in a room, and I didn't do it. And the reason why is, see, he is, he is how I get fucking clever. If he hurts my mum because I didn't do a fucking chore, 
I know he's a cunt and he'll kill her anyways and I'll fucking slaughter him. But if he gives me a lecture and he threatens to her, uh, then I might be more fucked because it turns out he's clever. And if he's fucking clever, this could all go to dog shit. I'm going to need you and a cops. We might have to deal with fucking DeSantis and try to get him to give me some private military contacts. I don't know. I watched a fucking documentary on that Blackwater shit and they seem fucking mean. Fuck. All right. As Billy. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Meggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kyle. Angle and all our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. That's J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin B, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Fire Unfriendly, Logan, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.